All right, everybody, welcome to What the Fuck is Wrong with People, a podcast with me, Joel, and my lovely co-host over there, my wife, Amanda. Say hello. Hi. All right. This is a podcast where we talk about all the crazy things in life, the, the weird things we see people do. We have stories about people that understand what they're doing we have guests and they talk about all the weird stuff or we just talk about whatever's on our mind it doesn't fucking matter welcome to what the fuck is wrong with people all right our guest he is a fantastic musician he is the lead singer of the band show off one of my favorite bands and probably one of the funniest people i have ever met in my life everybody let's give a nice what the fuck is wrong with people welcome to chris messer now i don't know what happened here a little trouble with the audio but the first five or so minutes of uh, having Chris Messer on the podcast, something didn't work right. Was it me not hitting record? Was uh, it something, you know, faulty wiring? I don't know. But hey, we're not going to blame me because I've never done that before. Not like the first episode. Anyway, we're going to jump in. We just asked Chris kind of like uh, tell us a little bit about himself and where we're jumping in is where he is going to be explaining where he grew up. So let's do it. So there's almost all white and Hispanic people and people burnt across in his yard. Whoa. Crazy. Like in, I was in um, elementary school, <clears throat> but I had not been around. Cicero, Illinois was weird because it, do you ever been there? You know what? I think I have been to Cicero, Illinois, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I know it was like the shooting capital of the world for a while. Oh my God. I, both of my sisters, my older sisters were in gangs. It was, uh, I was in, by the time I was 12, I was not involved in, but in the middle of two shootouts, like guns ablazing, and I'm just hitting the deck. But um, it was a rough neighborhood. But it was crazy because it was super segregated. It was like, it used to be um, um, Al Capone's house was there oh, in Cicero. You know, the remember the vault with. Uh, oh, yeah. Geraldo. Yeah, yeah. So it was like an Italian, Polish, Irish neighborhood. And I think it was that way when my parents moved there. But then it just, it was like, it just became a Hispanic neighborhood. And when I grew up, that's all I knew. That That's it. So I would curse. I had like kind of um, a little bit of a Hispanic accent, even <laughs> when I was like 12 and moved to Tennessee, where no Hispanic people live. So it was weird because I grew up then in Tennessee. It was black and white people, and that was it. And I was like, man, I'm so not used to black people or white people being in my school. Like, it was so weird. Like, wow. where are the Hispanics at? None of them, they didn't exist there. The only time I remember hearing people said um, Hispanics came from uh, Memphis and, and, like, robbed somebody or something. And I was like, get <laughs> out of here. Like, what a stupid story. But uh, anyway, that's where I grew up. And then uh, I ended up moving to Tennessee. I got into my first band there called Sour Grapes <laughs> when I was, I think, 14. Um, and it was just, I mean, it was 6,000 people, the closest town. And I'm not even fucking joking. The next town, closest town, was called Frog Jump. <laughs> 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 and literally... We call. We were like, I think it's called frog jump because a frog could literally fucking jump. Over the <laughs> place. 
the the population you should look it up i think the population there was like one family it was like one one family lived there and the next closest place was like five miles away so i mean it's a tiny tiny town you know okay here we go pre-internet uh, population in 2019 in Frog Jump, Tennessee, 2,444. 2,000? Yeah. Holy crap. There that we go. was not what it was like back in the day that I remember. <laughs> I it just... was so low. I grew up in a town of 6,000 people in Tennessee. I went from like very city life in Cicero to really country in there was just lots of white people with long hair and tight jeans. That's what I remember. <laughs> and uh, then I met some people who were like into punk music and that's how I started getting into it. Um, nice. Actually we started skateboarding. So I, I, like we would get uh, videos like plan B, the skateboard. Oh, company. Yeah. They would send you cassette tapes you could order from magazines and whatever. And that's how we learned the tricks that you could do on a skateboard and by watching them and just trying to whatever they're doing. But then there was music on there too, you know? So bad religion, green day, like all of that shit was on those tapes. So we would go to the Columbia house and order. (laughs) Yeah. And then get (laughs) charged a million dollars and never pay it. Exactly. No, no one ever paid that shit. No one ever ever got their tapes. And that was it. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure. We bought it. We went to like the closest big town was Jackson, Tennessee. It's like half an hour from us. That had about 50,000 people. Oh, man. But you know, half an hour when you're whatever, 14 or 13, yeah. that's my, that's like forever away. You're, it's hard to get there. And, um, but that's, I started my first band. I think it was 1991 or 92. Like a punk band, sort of. Like <laughs> from what how, I knew, that's how everybody's band started out. <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to be like, you know, in a cool band, but it really, <laughs> I was just a shitty music musician. So right. I just like <laughs> you just fall into punk rock because, yep, like, you know, it does takes no fucking talent. Like you just play. Hey, hold on a minute. Chords. It really doesn't. It doesn't well, take a whole lot of talent. Do you know the Ramones said the same thing? They, well, wanted to be, they wanted to be a Beach Boys band. Yeah. But they didn't have the talent to do it. So they just like <laughs> played records. I'm not, I have no qualms. I think punk music is some of the most simplistic, but also some of the most fun music that you can play. Well, and there's a it, huge difference. Uh, there's a huge difference between, you know, punk rock music and pop punk and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, the stuff that I think me and you enjoy oh, yeah. the most in that genre is the pop punk. Um, and then, you know, going yeah. back, you know, because you can add a lot of elements to that. You know, you can add all the doo-wop, you can add the fifties, you can add all that kind of stuff. Then the melody, cause the melody mm-hmm. is what really makes that pop punk. And that's what really made that catch on. And what I think really made me gravitate towards it. Yeah, and I think the the melody, it's just like, um, you know, I was a, I feel like I've always been like fairly decent singer. I've been doing it for a long time. So the singing part, melody part has always been the thing that's important to me. But it's just like um, 50s music, you know, 
I wouldn't say there's no talent involved. Obviously, <laughs> there's talent involved. Um, but it's just like it's not as technical as right. so much of the other music. But if I'm speaking about technicality, like being technical at an instrument doesn't make you interesting. Right. Hitting like as many notes as you can within a you know in a bar or whatever doesn't make you an interesting person or interesting singer or interesting guitar player. Um, you can be super simplistic. And I think a lot of the bands that I loved, I mean, like Buddy Holly was not intricate with his, like he wasn't all over the place. He just had good melody. Right. Well, and that's, and I, I think that's what I try to tell a lot of people. A lot of people are like, wait, you like that? Or you like this or whatever the case is, or that stuff is so simple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because simple is what you remember. Simple is what gets ingrained in your brain. And it's, I think I'm a little jaded though, because you know, all my friends are musicians and then I talk to them and musicians that listen to music, it's a little different. Um, so I always, you know, joke and say, you know, music ruined my life. And I say that kind of stuff because it's like, once you're a musician and you play music, you listen to a song on the radio and you hear it different than everybody else. You are like, Oh man, you hear that? You hear that? You hear that? And people are like, what are you talking about? No, I just hear this cool groove that I'm listening to. And you're like, Oh, okay. Well I heard this and that and the other thing. And it's just a whole different realm. It's a whole different universe to you. And it's, so I kind of say it's a curse. You know, music ruined my life because not only that, but you know, when you definitely know you're out on tour, you're out on doing stuff, you're missing family events, you're missing all that kind of stuff and uh, things that you wish you were there for, but you're really, you're addicted to making it in music. So you're doing whatever you can traveling in a stupid van, traveling around around the country just to try to make your dreams come true and you miss a lot of stuff and you get a lot of shit for it. Yeah, I think throughout my life, um, music has gotten me a lot of um, friends, but I would say it's um, <clears throat> you're more acquaintances because you don't really get to know each other as well as you'd like. If you're not in a band together, you're not really hanging out. Right. And so I've always you ever seen the movie I Love You, man? Oh, of course. Slap at the bass. Yes. So with uh, Paul Rudd, I always identify with that character <clears throat> i feel like i'm always uh good like great friends best friends with my significant other right then you're like good friends with your band ma- band mates until the band breaks up and then <laughs> right. you're not really hanging out with them right you don't see them, you know you just don't see them and so if that's the case basically i feel like i I'm friends, really great friends with my brother. I'm good friends with some of the bandmates that I've, you know, had uh, experiences with. But like, you you miss out on the like best friend, best guy friend. Right. You, don't, you don't get the chance if you're gone a lot. You don't get the chance to like grow together with another guy and have this friendship with that person that's super close. It's just uh, I don't I don't feel like it. It does that. So in, in that way, I feel like music maybe, you know, fucks people over. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, great example. Well, great example is that my my wife, who's right here, you know, hey, uh, she, uh, you know, 
she met me when I played in a band and you know, I'm a, I was always with those guys, always doing stuff with them because of the band. And then when I wasn't in the band anymore, she was like, you don't talk to them ever. And it's like, well, yeah, I know it's kind of, it kind of sucks, but it kind of no. makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you had so many good times with those guys. You did so much cool stuff, but the band is the glue that held everybody together. And yeah. if, if you had a normal, I, I call it normal life. If you had a normal life and weren't, were not a musician, you would have normal, regular best friends that you grew up with and that you spend, you know, all of a sudden you're 50, 60 years old and you still talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of, it's an unfortunate part of being in music though. Though you get to like connect with a lot of people, you don't end up having really deep connections with a lot of people because people are in and out of your life so often. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I know. Yeah. You just don't. (laughs) (laughs) It seems so sad. Oh God. Oh my God. Well, well, but you know, what's cool is, you know, a really cool story just to tie everything together is that I'm talking to you right now. And the first time I met you was in Atlanta, Georgia, because I was friends with a band and they were playing with your band and I met you. And then all of a sudden, how many years later, another band I played in with another friend, a guy that knew you, (laughs) it's like, all of a sudden we all got connected because of all those, you know, strange connections. And then here I am talking to you now. So, I mean, it's things like that can happen. I mean, once we get older, even with our best friends, even normal friends, even if you weren't a musician and you grew up, you know, you don't talk to them all the time because you have a family, you have a different life. Yeah. But it's cool because every once in a while, I always say that people are like, Oh, you don't call me or you don't do this. Well, Dude, we're, we're in our forties. True. Yeah. We're in our forties, <laughs> whatever <laughs> we're in our forties. And it's like, we have families and we have all this kind of stuff. If I see my friends that I've known ever since I was little, maybe once or twice a year, that's, that's fine by me. Yeah. I mean, life takes its turns and when you have kids, they're your priority. Exactly. And when you're married and you have kids, your wife is your priority and your kids are your priority. And when other people have wife and kids too, that makes it like, you know, you have family shit you have to do. Right. (laughs) You know, kids are going crazy. You're like taking care of them, making sure everything's good with them. And then like the little amount of time that you have, you want to watch a fucking Marvel movie. (laughs) Not think. So, yeah, that's your, you need a creative outlet. You need that. I I think musicians mind, I assume, you know, it, it is just a part, it's a part of who you are. It's, it's not, you know, it's like, um, you know, there, there are people who, who play music and they do it as like their um, hobby, you know, and that's, I wouldn't call those people true musicians. A musician, it's it's. I wouldn't even call it an addiction. I just feel like it's it's just a it's a part of you. And when you but when you get older, I feel like you also have to 
make sacrifices. Like that's just part of life, you know, to be a good parent, you need to be a, I mean, overall, you need to be a good communicator. You need to be someone who's capable of communicating, you know, what's going on, why you're doing something, etc. But in the end, you have to, and I, I would imagine the bands who are gigantic, who go out on tour, like, I mean, imagine you're, you know, you're in your forties, your kids, like whatever, 10, 15 years old, you're going on, you're going out on tour. You've not been there for most of their life huh. uh, or a lot of their life because you're out on tour and you're making money and you're making amazing money probably. But I don't know. That's tough. I oh. think being a musician. Yeah. It's just part of your being. It's yeah. It's like, it's like being a pirate. <laughs> what? Well, you know, like people say, like, you know, they're, <clears throat> a, they feel the sea call them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. even if it's like whatever, a Navy person, which I've never heard them say it, but I've heard pirates in movies say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the sea calls you, you know, you have this other home and that you feel content with. And I could be content being in a van, eating ramen twice a day and making no money playing shows and just uh, expressing myself, I would feel content with that. Right. That's not a, probably more when I was younger than now, but <clears throat> we'll see what happens. I don't know if you saw or not, but we, we're uh continuing show off. Oh, Dave and I, and we have uh, Mickey Molinari. Oh, <laughs> And we're probably going to do that. Actually, we're probably going to go back. It's the same things that call to, right. you know, I'm 44. Like I have a 12 year old, I have an 11 year old and by marriage and I have a 10 year old and a seven year old. So lots of kids and, um, I love them and I want them to understand that I'm there for them, but I'm also like, Hey man, I'm 44. Like I, this is it. Like this is, you have your opportunities <laughs> And uh, they're running short after you're in your forties. Like there, it's going to be. It would be incredibly um, lucky to hit with anything musically in your forties, unless you're. What's that lady's name? Who like her hair is down here, and Uh, she's like forty. Sia. Sia. Is that what you're talking about? Sia. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like that, where you're not showing your face, so people don't know how old you are. Well, that's, you know, that's funny. And that's really cool because I mean, show off. That's the, you know, the band that I first met you in. Um, and you, you know, pop punk was like my favorite stuff, you know? And I was like, man, these guys are amazing. These guys are awesome. You know, I saw you guys play with my friend's band and I'm like, oh man, I gotta, you know, get these guys album. And I did all that and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden years, years later, you know, you moved to the same city that I lived in and started hanging out, played in a band together and all that kind of stuff, got to know you and then saw you through other groups. And then when show off came back, I you know, it was like the most, it was more exciting than anything else that you did because you know, that it just seemed like that's where you really, you know, shined, I guess you could say, or really just, you know, it was, I, I don't know if it's nostalgia or what it is, but I'm sure part, part nostalgia, you know, music's one of those things. that's like, 
when you hear it, it takes you to a time. Yeah. You know, you remember when you first heard it, you remember the things you felt like, you know, if you like met a girl or a boy or whatever, and, and that was the song that you, you know, Oh, I met, I met my, and I've had that happen where people have told me like, Oh, I met my wife at your show, you know? <laughs> so you, you, you imagine your music being this like background to their life, like part of their story. That's pretty incredible. Like that's, pretty crazy that music can set the tone for somebody's life it's you listen to that you remember all of the things that happened um when you heard it like it's it's a big big thing i think big deal for a lot of people yeah yeah i mean there's a reason why people i mean ask bands hey can i propose to my wife like during your set can i do that can i do this and then another thing because the music does really connect with them yeah. Um, whether, whether it is what they think it is or, you know, it's completely different. It's whatever it means to them. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that, um, um, phrase right there that you said, because <clears throat> so many people that would be like, I mean, not so many, it's not like we were some gigantic band, but like, you know, there were people <laughs> that would come up and be like, Hey, um, I love this song. Like, you know, what is what do you mean by this? And I always say, um, I mean, whatever you think I mean, man, yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't want to interpret the lyrics for you. It means something to me, but like, doesn't mean that it needs to mean that to you. Like if it means something to you that you really grab hold of, then like that is your inter. That's like, if you look at a piece of art, right? People, someone will look at it and be like, it's a fucking dot in the corner of a blue. Piece of- <laughs> <laughs> it means fucking nothing. And someone else will look at it and be like, holy shit. Like that is loneliness. Like to be that fucking dot in this blue fucking bullshit to be that orange dot is loneliness. I feel like that same thing, you know, you, when you interpret uh, somebody's music, like you should be happy with your interpretation. Don't look to me for that. Like I'm just a jackass who like writes music, <laughs> puts it out. It gets out what I need to from my soul to like right. relieve myself of like, anxiety and panic and whatever is in me and that helps me that creative outlet helps me do that but whatever it means to you hold on to that and like that's what it should mean for you don't worry about what what it was meant to be you know and i don't like telling people that because then they just look at it and go oh this is what it means yeah oh you thought it meant that idiot this is what it means. <laughs> well and that, that's almost like this you know the saying like never meet your heroes because it's 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 the same thing. Like a lot of people meet their heroes or the, you know, people that they look up to and they're just a bunch of assholes. Um, mm. And you know, that actually segues nicely into a story that I want you to tell uh, because um, it is a story that has stuck with me ever since you told me. And since this podcast is called what the fuck is wrong with people ever since you've told me this story, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? I feel like I know what story yeah. this is. I- we were talking earlier before this started and you're like, I'm going to surprise you. Rah! <laughs> like I know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty big band. Um, and, uh, you were on tour with them and mm-hmm. it, you know, it just blew me away when you told me this story. I was like, really, how can he fucking do that to somebody? So, I want you to tell the story. I've heard it. Amanda has never heard it. So it's going to be fresh to her and, you know, whoever's listening, you know, I just want that. Not only 
do I want people to be like, what the fuck? I want them to know because it bothers me so much that I think everybody should know. It's like, what the hell? What the fuck is wrong with them? So, I mean, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah. So just preface there of me, the whole meeting somebody who's your hero, you know, I actually saw Elvis Costello walking through an airport, big hero of mine. I love Elvis Costello. And I literally was like, "Ah, I want to fucking talk to him. (laughs) And I literally was like, I'm not going to do it because if he's a dick to me, it's going to ruin the music, you know? Right. So I was just like, fuck it. Nope. Cool that I saw him moving on. But anyway, so this story involves <laughs> Yiddick Giddick Tour, probably around 1999, somewhere around in there. How, um, wait, hold on. How old, are, Amanda, how old were you in 1999? In 1999, I was 14 years old. All right. Okay. Oh, well, you could have been at the show. Um, <laughs> no, I was at the Guffs. Oh. <laughs> But anyway, um, <laughs> what are you doing over there? Oh. Tipping over on me. <sighs> that microphone. It sucks. Like I don't know what to it do with it. This Viagra. is actually better. <laughs> yeah, it's floppy. It's a floppy microphone. <laughs> um, so yeah, get a get a tour was if you remember there was Coca Cola. You could take the cap off and you could read your cap. You'd call in. And then you'd punch this number in or say a number or some shit. I don't know. I played it. I didn't participate in it. But um, you do whatever with the cap. And then it's like, you get free tickets to whatever show. So there was a show. It was a whole tour. It was a show off Citizen King from Milwaukee. Yeah. And um, Everclear. And so the most hilarious thing is Dave, our bass player, um, we had CAA is our booking agent, creative art, artist agency, biggest, you know, booking agency in the country. <clears throat> and they were like, who do you guys want to tour with? And we're like, I want to tour with Weezer and Green Day and like <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, like all these bands that we're like thinking off the top of our head, you know, biggest bands you could think of. And uh, they're like, is there anyone you don't want to tour with? And Dave is like, Everclear. I don't care who we <laughs> tour with. I don't want to tour with Everclear. And they're like, we got you a tour. It's Everclear. <laughs> what? And Dave was just like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, it's so funny. <laughs> but anyway, so we're playing oh, wait, these shows. Wait, why not Everclear? I think he just, I don't know. I don't know why. He, I, I never hated Everclear. I just, I never cared about the band. But Dave, I think just was like, it's just. He he has I, probably not a hatred. I bet he has like just a non fondness for them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't. I, I was just like, all right. Is not plus. I think probably back then we were way more like punk rock in our minds than you know than I am now. And Everclear is, was just like the alternative band that was like popular that none of us cared about. (laughs) So that's probably what it was, but we were trying to be open-minded, you know? Um, So we play these shows and one of the shows is in, I think it's Austin, Texas is this last show we're playing. By the way, we played this last show and the reason why it was our last show 
is because on this tour was because Everclear stole or not stole. They took the pool sticks when they were playing pool. Somebody got pissed off <laughs> and they broke the pool sticks Whoa. and then they just blamed it on us. <laughs> they made it. They blamed it on us. We had to pay for these pool sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then McDermott was um, pissed. I was not happy about that. <laughs> like, you know, people, it's so funny because people assume they're like, oh, you're in a band. Oh, man, I bet you did heroin and coke and like snorting coke out of girls' butts and what. I was like, uh, right. no. <laughs> nothing Threw like furniture that. out of the windows. Yeah. Like, I did nothing like that. But I had the band members I had like, out of the Rock and Roll Hyatt for throwing our their TVs, oh. their couch onto Sunset Bowl. Yeah. I got woken up and I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, we gotta move. Gotta go. This is a different story though. <laughs> I can tell you this other story because it's hilarious in my own mind. Um, but <laughs> in this story, we're playing the show. It's yet a gig. There's 2000 people. Everclear is on the stage. Now I'm used to, at this point in my life, I had played in front of, you know, uh, there was like, God, what was her name? Blue Meanie, Ska Band, and oh yeah. Some when I was a kid, I'd play anywhere, anytime with any any band. There were oi bands, fucking crazy skinheads in the crowd, like anti-racist skinheads, as far as I understand. Um, but I would get shot because I was a pop punk kid, and <laughs> this was like gutter punk, you know, big mohawks and shit. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like they would flick cigarettes at me, shoot me with like BB guns, like throw glass bottles at us. And I was just like, fuck you. Fuck you. I don't give a shit. I'm playing my music. I'm having fun. And I, and I had a great time. Our from Everclear gets hit with a plastic bottle, right? <laughs> Ow. Ow. Plastic bottle. And he's like, I am not playing anymore until someone comes forward and says who did this shit. Whatever, a bunch of people in the crowd were like, "What the fuck ever?" And like, just <laughs> raised their hand, right? They're like, "Yeah, I did it. Just keep playing." <laughs> well, they bring up a fifteen-year-old girl on stage. Um, she's one of the people, I guess, that raised her hand. Um, but Everclear was her favorite band. I know this because I spoke to her outside of the venue after this happened. But bring them on stage. She gets on stage and falls to her knees. She is crying at this point already, right? Falls to her knees, and then their percussionist comes out. Like, this dude wears cowboy boots, and it's important (laughs) information because cowboy boots are fucking hard. Like, they have hard soles. They are not like gym shoes. They are like, it is much worse with a cowboy boot and kicks this girl, (gasps) a 15-year-old girl, in the chest. To which people applauded. Wow. Right? Not us. Like, we were, I was on the side of the stage, like, are you fucking, like, what the fuck is happening? Like, how the fuck do you do that? This is a little kid. Right. You know, let alone that it's a, a, a girl who, you know, whatever people will say, I still have a traditional viewpoint that you never lay a hand on a female ever. Um, and it's not about, equality or whatever this is a little kid right a little kid and not just a little kid a little female kid and you're kicking her in the chest 
craziness already. She's bawling. Art from Everclear walks up and he's dumping beer and water on this girl's head in front of 2,000 people. Imagine being a little girl, right? Having your favorite band kicking you in the chest, dumping water and beer on you and saying, now this is not verbatim, but this is pretty much exactly what they said. And he said, "Um, you fat fucking bitch. You don't ever come. And I remember it was stuff like that. Cause I was like, dude, this dude, this guy has a fucking daughter. Yeah. He has a daughter. Now imagine being a 15 year old girl, your favorite band's dumping beer on you and you are, you know, whatever you're a chubby girl and you're being called a fat bitch by your favorite band to cheering crowd of 2000 people while they dump water. Don't you ever fucking come here this is my fucking show, you stupid piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. Says all of this shit. And then we went, I remember we went backstage. And we were like in disbelief. Like, are you fucking serious? You know? <clears throat> now we come from a different scene and this is why we did not want to play with Everclear probably. <laughs> we come from a different scene. Our mentality is not that you fucking drag kids on stage and beat the shit out of them. I've gotten beat up by security guards trying to stop them from dragging kids who threw shit at me right out of clubs where I'm like, this is a fucking punk show who gives a shit. If they threw their gum at me, <laughs> who gives a shit. I almost got arrested for in- inciting a riot over that. In wow. Fact. Yeah. Kid threw his gum at me. There was a deep pit that I saw the security guard grab him and pull him over this wooden, like whatever it was like a, uh, Those horses, kind of like a, yeah. a bench that you could stand at, but he pulled him over that, like raked his back across it, and I'm like, no, 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 like this is a punk show. It's fucking gum, you know, not a big deal. Let the kid go. Sent uh, Magoo out after the kid. Said, go get him. Tell him to let him back in. And uh, they beat him up. The security oh guards beat him up. Yeah, they beat him up. They they beat up our uh, guitar tech. And so I said, fuck security, blah, blah, whatever. And I was like, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit, ex-jack, fucking failure <laughs> of a man, motherfucker. And I picked up the uh, mic stand with, you know, as the huge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Face, and I swung it down to hit the guy in the head with it. Not a good idea. <laughs> I didn't hit him in the head with it. Tony from the band Mast was there. Oh, he yeah. Wrapped it before I hit him with it. Oh, well, that's interesting. Like, and the place went eight shit. It was just crazy. Cops came for me and I hit in a bus. But anyway, <laughs> point being, <laughs> um, yeah, like, so he did that shit. I remember uh, our guitar player went on the bus and his percussionist comes running out and he's like, oh man, the cops are here. And he's like, man, and our guitar player goes, oh shit, man, do you hear what that? fucking percussionist did like Uh what a piece of shit and the guy was like i mean our guitar player didn't pay attention to any of them i guess but he was like oh that was me man and he was like what the fuck is wrong with you like (laughs) what what the fuck is wrong with you that's a a little kid you fucking kicked a little kid in the chest and he's like oh man could you just tell him like you didn't see me and he's like nope fuck that and telling him exactly where you are if i see these cops and whatever and the next day the um MTV News was like that dude went to jail. The precautionist went to jail. Good. 
and Arm from Everclear um, says in the middle of a lawsuit, and the ver- but the very next day uh, it says Art from Everclear producing two movies. Oh God! Not true. Not true. He did not produce two fucking movies. Now I don't know what the rest of the story is with that guy. Maybe he made it up somehow. I don't fucking know. But yeah, I mean, seeing <laughs> him like have his own radio show, like. All of this shit, <clears throat> even a friend of mine, like Darren from Goldfinger, had him, I think, sing some songs or something with his the karaoke uh, stuff they do, which is fucking awesome. I love their karaoke stuff that they're doing, but that guy, man, he's friends with them, uh, you know? And I'm just like, I don't know how, he, I don't think he even knows that story, though. So, right. But it's a true story. Like, I have no reason to make it up. I don't. I mean, you could ask anybody else who was there, I guess. Right. But. Well, for sure. And, it, you know, <laughs> and super that, fun. Well, and that's why it's stuck with me ever since you, know, you, you told me that story. And it, it makes no sense to me. And it makes, I mean, you have kids. Uh, I have kids. I mean, I cannot imagine like that happening to my daughter. Like, you know, like what? Man. Dude, I would be looking at their tour schedule. <laughs> I would be driving out and I would like beat the ever loving shit out of him. Man. Like, what, a, what a piece of shit. Like what kind of person does that? I don't understand it, but I'm going to tell you, I know from for sure. And this is kind of what makes me like not even want to do show off anymore. <clears throat> um, I just feel like so many of the people I know who are like famous, who got famous, there are some who are like fucking cool, like maybe even cooler than they used to be before they were famous. Yeah. But the vast majority of them are fucking just pieces of shit. Like they're terrible people. They do terrible shit to other people and they get big and they get famous and like nobody fucking knows about it. Nobody talks about it and nobody apparently cares that they treat other people that way, but I do. And I, you know, maybe that's part of the reason why, you know, a tour like that, where like that band, uh, did some crazy, horrible, awful shit. And then who, you know, who fucking knows, who knows, but I, I have a hard time with people like that. And that to me is like such a big reason as to why, like I have any apprehension I'm doing music again. I don't want to deal with people like that. Right. The vast majority of people I've dealt with, and you know, this as a musician, most musicians are fucking great. Great people like sweethearts would do anything for you. But then you have people like that. And I see that they get big. They, you know, years, decades later, they're like running their own radio show, doing all that shit. Like, I don't know if he made up for it ever, but like, I'm not going to forget that shit, you know? Well, no. So if yeah. anybody hears this fucking show, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing is everybody that was at that show, that probably stuck with them. They probably mm-hmm. tell that story. And it, it they probably have a different perspective, though, because they were fucking cheering. Yeah, you know? that's they true. They like some somebody threw a bottle and they got on stage and they like. Right. Shit and fucking whatever. Like, oh, it was awesome, man. You should have seen that shit. Yeah, and that's again um, why probably why Dave didn't want to play show with Everclear. Not our fucking scene, you know. You're, right. you're like, you're talking like whatever these fucking people, like alternative. You're talking about like, and there's plenty of awesome 
people who are football players and then like get into music and shit. And like, I've met them and they were awesome. But you also know that you have this like scene where you have all these people and it's like your scene. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yours. You're a nerdy, dorky, whatever guy, whatever girl. And your scene is this music scene. Those people that were at that show were not those people. Like they were the people who like, they didn't look deeper into whatever. They were just like, oh, I like this band because they have that father of mine song. And <laughs> really good. Which is as funny <laughs> is because that's like about a dad that fucking abandoned him and tra- treated him like shit. Yeah, and another reason as to why you would just be like, why the fuck would you do that? Right. Why the fuck would you do that? I would love for someone to ask that motherfucker that question, Ugh. you know? And it's stuck with me for, like, what, now 20 years? Right. Like, what a fucking, like, who the fuck does that shit, you know? <clears throat> it's I, crazy. And I know that I've uh, met people who were, <sighs> if you think about it, in 1999, I'm 23 years old, Right. 22, 23. And at 23 years old, I had girls who were like 15. And I knew they were 15 who were like, I want to literally being like, I want to have sex with you. And even at 22 years old, I could sit there and go, that's fucking gross. <laughs> like I could sit there and go, like, literally, I knew the whole you know, even back then, there was just so many people where I was like, they were like, where's that girl go, man? And I'm like, I told her to get the fuck out of here. She's 15. Right. Like, I'm not fucking around with a 15 year old. And like, you get a 15 year old who looks older. Like, it didn't matter to me. I understood what position I was in at that point. You know, this like on stage, like you, you have this persona and whatever you get to do what you want like people idolize you because you're on stage so to me i'm like let's see your id yeah. and they're like <laughs> i left it home uh-huh. and i'm like well, then you need to get your ass home because you're not hanging out with me i'm not hanging out with somebody who's great and i had so many musicians even back then who nobody talks about but those even those people and they were like 30 oh. and they were like why wouldn't you just who cares man why not? Why wouldn't you? Well, you think like, about it. Because fucking 15. That's well, why not. Yeah. Well, and you I think about it, uh, Everclear you know? doing that to a 15-year-old girl on stage. What do you think they thought about 15-year-olds on the other end? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I mean, you're going to treat them like an adult, right? Right. On stage and do shit like that. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Right, and say right, they, right, right. I never saw them do anything with a minor or something like that. But Except, I know that bands, yeah. there were bands back then. And like, I didn't see them do shit. None of them. But I know for a fact, there were plenty of people who were much older than me who were like, why wouldn't you do that with this girl? And I'm like, because she's a fucking child. Like, yeah. Why the fuck would you, you know, but with Everclear, that shit, you're, you're literally attacking another person for the sake of, like to me, it just felt like you're attacking another person. Number one, that's fucked up. Number two, you're attacking a child. That's fucked up. Number three, you're attacking a fan. I mean, imagine being a 15 year old girl getting on stage. Can you imagine that? Like, no body image is so important. And it, it, I mean, I've never been a teenage girl. I've been a teenage boy. And even for us, it's a, it's an issue, but a teenage girl, like even more so back then, 
Like it was, there was no, you know, women other than like super fucking skinny stick figures to look at and be like, Ooh, that's what I'm supposed to look like to have your favorite fucking band bring you on stage, dump shit on your kick you in the chest, dump shit all over you and call you a fat bitch in front of, I don't ever use the word, the B word to address females. I never have in my whole life. And it's not like moral posturing. I just never understood it. Like my dad would have beat the shit out of me if I, if he ever heard (laughs) me say it to somebody. And it never crossed my mind to use that towards another person. Especially though, imagining a 15 year old girl being on stage and being called that by her favorite band. I went outside after it happened. So when we heard them do that, we went downstairs and got the veggie tray with like, you know, broccoli (laughs) and tomatoes and apples and shit. Mm. And we were just chucking them at art, like just (laughs) chucking shit at him. Like he had an an apple bounce off his head, you know, and he was like, (laughs) and we're like, no, not not a ha. Fuck you. Like (laughs) at him. And I went outside because I saw that girl being drug off the stage. <sighs> went outside. An ambulance was there. She was having a full-blown panic attack, obviously, at that point. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Are you okay? Are you okay? Like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And she was like, they're my favorite band. And she was just confused and crying. And I just imagine it setting in later. And, like, what the fuck is wrong with people? That. Yeah is a big example of like, what the fuck is like, what the fuck is wrong with people? You know? Yep. And that's exactly why I wanted you to tell the story because ever since, like I said, ever since you told me it stuck with me and it just makes me so upset. And it's a prime example of like, people just don't give a fuck. And there's something wrong with a lot of people. I mean, everybody's got issues, but that's really fucked up. That's super fucked up. Yeah. Everybody does have issues. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of issues, we got kicked out of the Rock and Roll Hyatt. Who did? You did? When we got kicked out of the Rock and Roll Hyatt, when they threw that shit off the thing, I've always had. Remember, I was telling you that they threw all all of the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All that stuff. <clears throat> so when we got kicked out, my mind, <laughs> as you can see, my mind works. Of just yeah, my wife is like, where the fuck are you going with this? Um, <laughs> uh, so they're like, no, we got to change hotels. Now, I don't know if you know this or not. This is what's the fuck wrong with me. <laughs> I've always had a fear of little people. Oh, yes. I was hoping you'd bring this up. <laughs> he honestly. <laughs> I have always had this fear. And, I, and it is like irrational. And I know it. Um <laughs> But I think what it is, is that when I meet them, first of all, and I'm not saying this to be funny, though it is funny, (laughs) like, I'm a short dude. So when I meet somebody who's shorter than me, I'm usually like, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm seven. So when they're shorter than me, I'm just like, oh, okay. If they're like, way shorter than me, I'm just like, oh, well, do I look at them? Or are they going to be like, what the fuck are you looking at? (laughs) So I'm just like, I don't have a problem with them. Obviously, I love all people. But (laughs) we got moved to the hotel room across the street or to the hotel across the street. I love this. Now, I went. So this is the first time I was ever able to uh, go to the Hustler store, right? Oh. 
we all went to the hustler store. <clears throat> so I was like, all right, I'm going to buy, you know, fake boobs and penises and whatever I can get. Cause this is awesome. You know? <laughs> so I went there and we we're looking and I'm like, dude, I'm going to buy like 10 suction cup dildos. <laughs> be awesome. <clears throat> so I'm walking and as I'm walking to my room with whatever contraption I bought, I had these suction cup dildos. Oh, nice. I'm rolling the suction cup dildo, and I'm sticking it to the door, right? Walking. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be so funny. People are wake up, and there's a penis on their door. They're going to be like, what? <laughs> Who the fuck would do this? It's an expensive dildo, right? Right, yeah. So I'm looking, and I'm like, hey, all of these doors have, like, little peepholes, like, way further down and an extra door handle. And I'm like, that's fucking cool. If you have your kids, right? You can like stay in the room and look. And if you see somebody, you can open the door for me. If it's me or leave the door shut. <laughs> so I'm like, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. So I stick it all, do whatever I do my own business at night. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Oh fuck. I remember what I did. This is going to be phenomenal. Right. <laughs> so everybody gets their shit together. I'm still packing away all of this sex junk that I purchased. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll be, I'll be right there. Pull the, pull the van around front and I'll come in the front and then, you know, get in the van. So I get all my shit packed. I walk out of the door, no dildos on the door. Oh. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's awesome. Like they all took them probably into their room. But um, <laughs> yeah, they're all using them right now. They are all using them right at the second. And uh, so I, I walk out and I'm waiting. And then, um, you know, no van yet. They were still probably whatever, getting their shit. And so I'm on Sunset Boulevard still. And I'm like standing there and I hear, hey, man. And I'm like, whatever, you know. Hey, man. And I'm like, can I turn around? Nobody's there. And I'm like, dude, I'm fucking hearing shit. And I hear, hey, man. And then like a tug on my pant leg. And I I look down and there's a little person. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, what's going on? You know, he goes, you think you're fucking funny? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, sometimes I am, but I don't know who you are. And why you're bugging me. And all of a sudden, and I am not shitting you, like 25 little people walk out of the fucking hotel. And I'm just like, holy shit, what's going on? What's you're going to get jumped. And he goes, this motherfucker thinks he's fucking funny. He doesn't like little people. And I'm like, what? I didn't say that, man. All I said was, you know, what the fuck? I thought I'm funny sometimes. He goes, oh, I saw you, motherfucker. You think you're funny? You put those dildos on our door where we can't reach them? And I'm like, oh, shit. No, man. <laughs> and he was like, get ready to fight me because, you know, I'm sticking them at head level, but they couldn't reach. I'm and- confused. <laughs> so... Is this a I'm little person hotel? Like this, I'm right? Missing something. Like above my head, just on the top of the door. No, when they geez. open their door because they hear a thud, they open their doors and the dildo is like four feet above their head. They can't get the dildo down. Yeah. So and I understand that the little people's convention is there, oh, which is the, the, the little doorknob. Okay. 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 The doorknob. <laughs> Is low and the little peephole is because they hold the little person's convention. 
Okay. I got it. Aware of that. <laughs> was it so, on what, yeah. what was what's the name of that show? Little People Big little, World. Yeah, Little People Big World. They, yeah, they had like the convention in Milwaukee. Yeah. A, oh yeah. Like Ten years ago. Yeah, at the Hyatt. So embarrassing yeah, to watch that. <laughs> Because people were like <laughs> pointing and laughing at them. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. It is- I don't point and laugh. But I, at that point, all I could think of, because the van had pulled around at that point, they oh were my. laughing. Oh like they God. were in the van. They had the door locked. They would not let me in the van. And people were screaming at me. Like 25 or 30 little people were yelling at me <laughs> because I had put the dildo where they couldn't take it down. And they thought that I was mocking them. <laughs> I have to say that oh. I'm really proud of this hotel for like, they were accommodating to the little people. They got little people like people. Yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> and doorknobs. I thought it was for little terrible. kids. That's what I thought it was for like when your kids were there, but it wasn't. It was for the little people. And you put dildos on li- little kid doors. Yes. <laughs> 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 I didn't figure most of the people had kids there. Right? Yeah. Thing. All right. But, yeah. Well, you got to, I mean, no, that is commitment by the hotel because I mean, that's really showing that, Hey, you know what? We're going to have this here every year. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but that's not really the point of my fucking story. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> 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 you guys were totally like, Oh, sorry. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, I'm totally confused. What's the point? Um, What's the point? We have to take him to Haunchyville. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been there? No, but it sounds terrifying. It's, it, <laughs> it's in it Muskego, so it's not that far from you. It's a little okay. midget village. It, hey, like, little hotel. person. Little per- It's a little Whoa. person village. <laughs> I'm usually the politically correct one here. Yeah, no. No, it's it's if you you can actually google it. It's really funny. Yeah. It's Supposedly in Muskego, there's a place called Haunchyville where it's just like a whole little town of little people. Yeah, I went there one time and somebody like uh, came screaming and yelling at me. It wasn't a little person, though. (laughs) So we left. It says no trespassing. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so mad? (laughs) (laughs) No, he came yelling at us and he was like. It says no trespassing. Get off my property. But it wasn't. It wasn't a little person. It was. Well, see, a that's normal person. That's I would be like you. Typical. Have just the illusion, sir. No, but that's right. no. Or it's even creepier because he he's, doesn't want you to get in there right. because maybe they're farming little people. He's the he's the keeper of the little people. Ah, uh, it's like Willy Wonka. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Willy Wonka yeah. mixed with uh, Hotel Hell. Have you ever seen Hotel Hell? Yes. Yeah, where they would like they would bury the people up to their necks, and then what? feed. Yeah, they would they would bury. Oh, people. you're talking about a hotel hell like movie. Uh, movie? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of like Gordon Ramsay. Oh no, no, that's that's like, <laughs> Hell's Kitchen. Wait, that's Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Why do you think his meat's so tender? No, but they yeah, it was a movie way back. Who knows when? My dad showed me it. Um, where they would bury. They take tourists, bury them up to their necks, and they'd feed them a lot of food. And then they would serve, they would use them for the meat and serve them to people. And they had like the best, like, burgers around. Diane Burger. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like, uh, like an old, like, you know, did you ever watch, uh, Sweeney Todd? 
Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like that. Very interesting. Yeah. I don't think you'd use little people for meat. There's just like not enough there, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it could, it could be almost like veal. Oh God. Could be. You bury them up to their necks and just keep feeding them. Then they don't get to move at all. Right. You would get more meat out of a, on a, you know, like a typical person. Yeah. yeah. Like, why not just bury a typical person? Uh, this why? Okay, this is the second episode where we're talking about eating people. I'm not talking about eating people. <laughs> My God, I feel we're like from uh, Milwaukee, home of Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. This I is guess. where our brains go. Okay, here I'm gonna I'm gonna go to something. I got a little game to play. Let's see here. Wait, didn't you say there was a point to your your? No, <laughs> he different- was. Are he was kidding? making that up. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, my God. All right. So. My dementia <laughs> kicking in. Yep. Um, so with with the COVID, you know, happening, everybody, I think, has heard about that by now. I don't know if you've heard about COVID-19, Chris. What is that? Uh, it's uh, some virus that was, uh, well, this is going to get to my game. There's all these conspiracy theories out there of, like, how COVID-19 started. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to like basically talk about, Hey, this is a conspiracy theory or am I making it up? Did you get all these conspiracy theories from your last guest? <laughs> I know, you know, <laughs> you know, Chris Don. I, I know him very well. Yeah. So no, he's, he's I'm, big on that stuff. Well, yeah. And his podcast is huge. I mean, he has his own radio show and he's really, you know, he's really dedicated to it and he just talks about, Hey, if you don't know it, you know, don't believe the first thing you hear, do your own research and figure it out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I know you don't think that, do you? <laughs> no, he and I always have like little uh, arguments about points and stuff. Yeah. You should have a podcast about that. I'd like to <laughs> hear that. All right. So I'm going to ask both of you if I made this up. Or if this is a conspiracy theory that's actually out there that people believe. Okay. All right. So first, <clears throat> let's see here. 5G, as in, you know, fifth generation for cell phones, mm-hmm. caused COVID-19. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I agree. Conspiracy. Okay. Yeah. So that is actually something people actually believe. So that Nashville bomber blew his RV up over. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, 5G. Yeah, I just saw that. I just wackadoodle. Yeah, I just saw that today. I didn't I had no idea. He blew up like a whole city block in Nashville. You did. Yeah. I don't watch the news. I get all my news from Kristan. <laughs> <laughs> and Facebook. Right, and Facebook and you know, all the, the true places. Okay. Um Aliens gave us COVID nineteen. I don't that know what conspiracy to me. I was going like, to say it sounds conspiracy, but Joel's really obsessed with aliens, so I don't know if it's something. I feel like that's something. I'm going to say conspiracy too. Oh, both of you are wrong. I made that <gasps> up. Damn it. Are you sure? I feel like somebody somebody had to have said, "Yeah, I, I'm going to look that up." Okay, you can I look it up. Maybe it is. Maybe from pre- the dark side of the moon came right. down. 
Um, okay. It was COVID nineteen. How about uh, the world ended in two thousand twelve? Oh. And we're actually living in a simulation, and COVID nineteen is just part of the simulation to see how people would react. When was the world supposed to end? Was it twenty twelve? No. What was the Mayan? The Mayan. Oh, was that twenty twelve? I, I think, think it so. Was, yeah, wasn't it twenty yeah. twelve? Yeah, that was twenty twelve. You're right. I feel like that is for sure a conspiracy. Like that. I, you know what? Though all of these are going to sound like conspiracies. <laughs> <Right, I know. laughs> there's like there's so much stupid shit out there. Like, right. Like five G controls your mind and whatever. Well, it does. It does not. <laughs> okay. Um, what are you looking that up? What did you do? No, I was looking up. A... Oh, you. Sorry, I was my goodness. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So actually, what was I doing again? Looking whatever this people actually believe the world ended in 2012. Yeah, because the world was supposed to end in 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, Bigfoot caused COVID nineteen. That's you. You. No, that's that's an actual conspiracy theory. People on the internet believe. Why? See, you cannot put anything past people. That's so dumb. Jesus Christ. People think that they can cure COVID by themselves. Uh, um, I think that is, well, well, I think people truly believe that. <laughs> well, okay. I don't know if that's a conspiracy theory, but people honestly believe that. People think they can gargle bleach. Oh, I'm sure they think it. Wait, didn't Donald Trump tell people to no, inject no. bleach? No. Wasn't that bleach? What? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Inject yeah. it? Inject it. Yes. Yep. Wait, and that was our president? Where the hell... Oh yeah, and then then everybody. I remember this specifically because he said it during a press conference. Oh yeah. there's going to be an inject like Lysol or something or whatever he said. <laughs> and, and then um, people, I was online and I saw people talking about it, and I was like, "Yeah, he literally fucking said that this is what he was going to do." And they were like, "Well, he's not wrong because ultraviolet light can be injected, whatever." And I was like. Um, you do realize that he, after he said that, was now saying he was just joking about it, and they were like, "Oh, well, then that's right." Oh my god! <laughs> it doesn't matter what he does; it's just move the bar, move the bar. So, wow. Okay, so back to this. You said aliens, yeah, causing cope. So there's an article right here that says um, coronavirus was actually, it's actually an alien invasion. So wouldn't that be the same thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and those are your people. Yeah. I Apparently, I am part alien. Yeah. She has the so, rarest blood type in the world. AB what is it? AB negative. Um, oh. And they, and they, you know, the guy on uh, Ancient Aliens, the guy with the crazy hair, he mm-hmm. says that. People with that blood type, they have that blood type because they mated with aliens. Yes. Oh, <laughs> well. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I don't really look like anybody in my family. Right. So there you go. You thought alien. your dad was a musician. <laughs> well, you never That's know. But um, my dad was born on the day Roswell crashed. And was it? Oh, really? was it your... What? Oh, never mind. Oh. Did you read the book about... um? Roswell in Russia? No. So apparently, um, you know, Russia and the United States, they took, each of them took scientists from 
the Nazi regime mm-hmm. who were doing crazy experiments on shit. And uh, apparently what somebody has said, and there's a whole book written on it, <clears throat> like a, an actual um, at least semi-reputable person who wrote it and quotes from semi-reputable people that aliens that crashed in Roswell were actually Russian uh, and they were children that were taken and they did crazy fucking awful experiments on them to make their eye. They heard <laughs> war of the worlds, right? Yeah. And they were like, people were going eat shit over that. We're going to start sending these kids who we like make their eyes uh, huge ugh. via experiments, like totally fucked up stuff and send them in these craft to float over to the U S. And then when it crashes, um, I don't think they were wanting it to crash, but it, when it crashed, that it would set the U.S. It was like a communist propaganda used mm. to try and set the United States into like chaos. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, Russia is where Foo, Russia is where Foo Fighters started too. So I mean, could be, yeah, could wow. be. What the fuck is wrong with people? I don't know, but Hey, I got a little, I got a little example right here. This is a little segment, um, that I like to call, uh, worst rappers in the world. Um, so got these people, so many people think they can rap and Mm. everybody has a camera. Now everybody's got recording equipment. Everybody's got this. So I just like to look at these people because it makes me feel a little better about myself because I'm white and I used to play in a funk hip hop group and rap. Yeah, I know. And uh, this, this is just ridiculous. So let's, let's take a listen to this. All right, here we go. This is uh Where are five nights at Freddy's shirt, by the way. Uh, yeah, he I got is, it for a dollar. Yeah. I got it for a dollar. It's coming straight through you. You feel this baby. It's coming straight through you. Oh yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Come on back into my life now. Wants to be this made of mercy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What makes you think, girl, that I want you back? Want you back? What makes you think, girl, that I have you back? Have you back? Well, the shit and I did it to me. Seriously, my girl. This can't be real. No, this is not real. I'm telling you, my life is You're wasting your time. I'm wasting mine too. And I know we be trying to work our way around the scene, trying to get me back. What are you doing? What are you even doing? In the video. Something's holding on, and I don't know what it is by now, but I know she wants me back. Because every time she tries to walk away, something's holding on, and I don't know what it is by now, but I know she wants me back. I know she wants me back. Because every time she tries to walk Are you able to no, share who the artist it's is? It's actually labeled worst rapper ever. Oh, okay. Well. No. Oh, yeah. So. But the worst rapper alive. You're gonna have to edit that out of your Best. podcast. No, this is this is what it's trademarked. all about. Trademarked. I get sued. No. Copyright. Oh, yep. Give me Copyright not trademarked. Whatever. Do you think that guy actually has anything? To do? <laughs> <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't even <laughs> know. Copyright. He doesn't even know who he is. This is the. <laughs> this is the thing. Is this is what? I don't understand. This is almost. I, I call it the American Idol effect. Um, where you have those people that go on American Idol and they think they can sing, and do, they think can they, they really though? No, but this is the. Thing. I mean, no, but do they really think that, or do they just want to go on to get? 
some of them are and being stupid and right. But there are some people like I've met. I have gotten demo tapes from people where I was like, what the fuck happened to you in life? Like, like, No one in your family. How is nobody in your circle of your social circle said, dude, you are fucking terrible. Right. they must have really supportive people in their life. This is the thing. Is it, it's, it's great okay. cheerleaders? <laughs> no, 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 no. There is a difference between supportive and fucking idiotic because I call it the American Idol effect because, okay, yeah, some of those people go on there and they just want attention, but there are some people that their whole lives they've been told, mm-hmm. you are so amazing. You are so good at singing. You have such a great voice. Oh my God. And they never tell them the truth. And then they go on there and they get humiliated. Well, are I mean, they're trying to support their child probably. And then they get to a point. Okay, but what's better? So, okay, that wait, wait. If Scarlett was a shitty parenting. singer. Yes. If she was a shitty singer, you'd be like, Scarlett, shut the fuck up. You're no, awful. I wouldn't say it like that. I would say, you know what? You know what? You're not that great <laughs> at singing. Like, I know. Maybe you should do soccer instead. Yeah, I know you're you. a failure. <laughs> I know really you really suck. I know you love to sing. But, but don't ever do that again. Let's try this instead. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're going to go on American Idol. You're going to audition for this. You're going to audition for this. You should totally do that because you're amazing. No, no, no. No. If my kid was singing and did a bad job, I would do my best to let them down easy. But right. I would be like, this is not, you are so good at so many things, but this thing it's not one of those things. <laughs> right. This is not one of those things, but you can do music in so many different ways. Yeah. You know, you can do so many different things. Singing is just not your thing. And if you want it to be, I will get you vocal lessons and then okay. I, we can work through it right. or whatever. But if it still doesn't come to fruition, I would be like, this is just not don't, you shouldn't do that because there are people, there's so many things that you that. can be good at, right? There's so many things that your kids can be good at. You can have talent in. That's but true. But I mean, not- like there, I feel like there's kids where they, that's like their one thing that they're like, I, I just want to be a singer and I just want to sing. And so, so how do you let them down that easy them- if you're, if that's their only thing that they're into, like they don't want to do anything else except for saying you have to give them you realistic. Have to say, yeah. Don't be a fucking idiot. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you have to give them, this family. No, yeah. and it's not even about shame to yourself. Right. And to your family. It's realistic expectations. Yeah. But that's the thing. I feel like people do that a lot where they set their people do that. They coddle yeah. their kids so much that what ends up happening is they set them up for failure later in life. And because they coddled them so much, they have no fucking idea how to deal with, like, not being coddled. Exactly. They, so they can't deal with, with failure, basically. Well, look yeah. at these kids that... And then they have to go to psychologists and psychiatrists to try and fucking work shit out because they're like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not the best fucking singer on the planet? Like, right. what the fuck? They can't deal with any failure because their parent has, hasn't... When my kid got a, a participation trophy... I literally said, hey, I'm glad that you participated in playing chess. But this trophy really doesn't mean shit. Like, it doesn't mean <laughs> you yes. showed up. It's chess true, is though. hard. No, man. it is <laughs> true. 
No, but chess if is you hard. give your kids trophies for everything, they just expect that right. they are glorified for like yep. mediocrity, and nobody is in real life. You are glorified for like excellence in the things you do. And the the biggest problem they have with that is that people there are some people who are just fucking great at whatever, but most people work their ass off to be excellent at something. Right. And so to give them some kid, you know, some trophy for showing up, like I get it. They want participation. They want kids to feel good about themselves, but life is not like that. It's a competition in every single way. And whoever the best is at whatever it is, or the people who are better at that skill, other people who get, you know, the glory for being able to do it. And most of them work their ass off to do it. So you are just belittling their work by trying to make that kid feel good yeah. about doing literally nothing. You know, yeah. this kid kicks my kid's ass at chess. My kid didn't do well enough. If he tried, I would be like, good job. You did a great job trying, but we don't always win. And that's how you, you set it up. You don't always win. Like life isn't about winning every time life is about putting every single thing you can into something and hopefully hope hoping that it turns out in a, in a good positive way. I think you have to lose sometimes to learn your lesson too, like to figure out what you've done wrong and what you want to do better. So if you're not losing sometimes, then I don't think you're learning your lesson really. Right. And that's where the whole thing in participation trophies, yeah. like I mean, not I, keeping I think score, all that shit. I can I can yeah, understand where you want to encourage a child to continue participating because eventually they might want to get up, give up. Right. But like I totally agree with with Chris on that, where you can't just keep handing <laughs> trophies yeah. out to everybody. Yep. I wanted to do art. Like for the longest time, I I wanted to be a painter. I I loved to paint, and I still love to paint but I fucking suck at it. I <laughs> suck at painting. I can't draw like a person. I will look like a third grader. drawing. <laughs> you just so, need to do like abstract a, art. Yeah. There you I go. thought anything was art basically. Well, look at this. This painting is a painting I did and it is abstract. And oh. It's awful. Oh, I but I love it anyway. You see that? Oh no, that's, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Actually. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But that's just, you know why I did that? To show that I said, Jackson Pollock is full of shit. Right. Like none of his stuff matters. <laughs> like, I'm going to do a painting just like it. I'll do it. And I don't fucking know what I'm doing. So I did. Right. That's, that's what I came up with. Yeah. You know, I've always said that. I've always said that like, yeah, I've always said that like art, you know, people always go look at this art and they're like, Oh my God, I see this. I see that. I see that. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. It's so, you know, deep. No, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> well, you know, that's again though, it's their interpretation. Is it for me, Jackson Pollock? I'm just like, this is, he's just thr- like monkeys can do this. <laughs> throwing paint, you know, that's all you're doing. You're throwing paint. Right. And you know, I, from what I understand though, if you see a Jackson Pollock in real life, it's like 20 feet by 20 feet or some crazy shit. Oh, shit. And it's huge. And it is like crazy looking. And so maybe there's something to that. But when I see it, I'm just like, you know, this looks like when some fucking person's like raising money for the zoo and having an elephant just <laughs> shooting With its tail on a fucking <laughs> right. Uh. It doesn't. You know, then there's people who do realism and like there. I remember when I was a kid and I was in art class and I wa- I looked at this 
this uh, picture in the the art book. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's a cool picture. It's this guy in the library. And I was looking at it thinking how cool it was. And then I started reading the description. It's like, this is an oil painting. Like, this is not a photograph. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's amazing. That is talent, you know? And that person took years. It yeah. took me literally a week to come up with that painting. That's hilarious. And that's not because, that, that's not because uh, you know, I was, like, trying to figure out space and fucking whatever. <laughs> because I was trying to buy enough paint to throw it out of the top of <laughs> That's the only thing that happened. But like, you know, realism, it takes decades. You know, there are some people who can just do it well, but like they have to learn to do it well enough that it is a masterpiece where you're just like, holy shit. Like there's no way. Like when I try to paint something and it's a person like shading in my brain, I'm like, this is where it's shaded. And it's just (laughs) like this. And then when it's done, it's like, well, this looks like fucking dog shit. Like yep. this doesn't look like a person at all. It looks like <laughs> I don't know what I created, but it certainly looks terrible. Uh, so <clears throat> I don't know. But I think that's shit. the same with your kid. You've got to be like, it's great that you have passion for this, and passion is that's a nice thing. But there's a difference between being passionate and and making it your profession. Right. If you're trying to be a professional. Just because you're passionate doesn't mean that this is where you should be, you know? But I'm a big proponent. My only crazy fucked up thing, I think, religious-wise, because I'm not really religious, but is that in with the universe, you can uh, – what I always do, which is probably makes me sound like not so anyway, but <laughs> I close my eyes, I picture outer space, and then I picture whatever I want in my head and I just think about it over and over and over and like literally um, and I read some places, you know, people start talking about the same kind of thing, but it's like way more intricate. If you imagine something in your head and you just say, this is what I want, like this is what I want and you do it over and over and over. And I'll tell you like it's happened probably 10 times where I'm just like, I really want this. I picture it in my head. I picture it in space and then for whatever reason, it like illuminates for me and I get it like every, every single time. If it's something you really need, you will get it. If it's something that you just want, I feel like the universe is like a body and like it wants you to go a certain path and you're always pushed in a certain direction. And the people who are unhappy with their lives are the ones who deviate from the direction they're being like guided to. They just go, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. I want to try this and this is what I want to do, but it's not what they're meant for. And so they just do whatever. I don't know. That's my own belief, but you should try it. I think people call it projection, but I don't know if that's exactly how, what it does. But if you just picture this manifesting, yeah, manifesting your destiny. Exactly. Yeah. That was pretty deep. Well, you know what? On that deep note on all that, we're going to uh, say goodbye. All right, that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank my guest, Chris Messer, from the band Show Off, my wife and co-host, Amanda, my producer, Dan Holman, with Black Label Audio. Please rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you listen on. Five stars would be much appreciated. Oh, and a big thank you to Adam Haynes for having me on his podcast. Until next time, people. People.